0: It's awesome to see everybody, greeting everybody, and saying hi, and hugs, and Merry Christmases, and it's fantastic. Well, welcome to our Christmas series continuation of um, Tidings of Comfort and Great Joy, and happy that you're here this morning. I'm super excited to be talking about what I'm going to be talking about. It's been very personal to me, and I believe it's going to be very personal to you as you reflect upon the things that we talk about through Scripture and, and through some other things, but how many of you are still listening to Christmas carols? I know me and Adam, there's a few more, okay, awesome. I actually really like it because it's the one time a year you go into a secular store or a grocery store and they're singing about Jesus overhead. And so I take that opportunity wherever I'm at to pray and just say, Lord, is there somebody in here that really needs to hear this song? You know, help me to get to them, help me to pray for them or whatever. So I know it might get redundant and some of you are like, is it January yet? Take this opportunity to think of it as a gift that it's one of the few times in public we get to declare the name of Jesus as our savior. So that's pretty cool, don't you think? Yes. Can we give him a hand clap for that? Thank you, awesome. And sadly, I'm like Adam, I started clear back in earlier (laughs) fall, early fall. It was still very warm. (laughs) So many of you know, first off, let me introduce myself. I'm Jackie, I'm uh, a Foursquare Chaplain. I'm one of the communicators here, and I want to just share a story with you of something that's personal that happened to me recently, and I want to just be real transparent with you. If that's cool, we good with that? Okay. Uh, Many of you know, some of you don't, that um, at the end of September, I had a pretty major cervical spine surgery. And I've had lots of surgeries. My friends are like um, literally over 20, lots, lots of orthopedic stuff. But um, this one was different, because I've dealt with a lot of stuff in my life, as many of you have too. But I had this experience, like something I had never experienced before in this surgery. And I've had a couple of hiccups along the way as well. But I remember being in the hospital, waking up, even before they took me to my room, and saying, "Oh my gosh, what's wrong with my head and my back?" and And they still think I'm under anesthesia, which I probably was. So there may have been cuss word. I don't know. I can't. Kyle could check. Don't please don't do that. Um, they said, "No, he, he operated on your neck," and I said, "My neck doesn't hurt. It was my head." So went through the process of being in the room and stayed there for a few days, but I found out that I could not lift myself up out of bed because of the severity of the surgery. So, now I want you to think about this. It's like holding an infant, per se, only I'm significantly heavier than an infant. (laughs) Um, We'll just leave that there, okay? (laughs) It is Christmas, so just leave me alone. Um, You can't lift your head, You can't get out of bed, you can't pull yourself up, you struggle to breathe, you certainly can't swallow because everything's so swollen. And at one point, it began before I left the hospital, Um, I went to take a drink of coffee, interestingly enough, because that's pretty much what I live on, um, and I choked, and I couldn't get up. So I called for the nurse, and I was choking, and choking, and choking, and I was starting to kind of go goofier than I already am, and um, kind of panicked and pulled myself up as she came in and kind of grabbed my head because it was dragging behind. (laughs) And that started something in me that I had never experienced before. Anxiety. I was so fearful that I was going to choke until I couldn't breathe anymore that though I've never struggled with anxiety, I've had my other issues, but anxiety's not been one of them, I really began to feel this anxiousness about everything. And then we had another episode when I was discharged and misread the medication and um, choked again and screamed and scared my husband half to death. Well, I couldn't scream that loud because I didn't have much of a voice, but nonetheless, it scared him. And I was reflecting on that as I was preparing this message a few weeks ago, thinking, this is a joyous time of year. I love Christmas. I love the music. I love the trees. I love, I can't really eat the food yet, but that's okay. But I do love food. Um, Anything coffee and chocolate is awesome. Um, My purse is right there if you want to drop anything off on your way out that you might have with you. (laughs) Not kidding. Um, it's amazing how fear can take root. And I'm still in recovery mode from this surgery, and for five weeks I could pretty much live on applesauce and mashed potatoes. And that was about it. And it, anxiety has tried to creep up again, and I thought, Lord, where where is this fear coming from? I've never had this before. And I've watched other people working in a hospital as a chaplain, and Um, And my husband's very open, so I'm not uncovering him. He has struggled with anxiety in his life. I never knew the depth of how hard and painful that was for people until I've gone through this experience. So I'm actually grateful for it, because it helps me to see people differently. And to realize that when someone's anxious and fearful and things are going on and things are spinning and we're saying Merry Christmas to them, and they're like, "Uh, that's not real helpful, right? But what you can do, what I can do, is remember that our story is what brings people joy because of what he's done in us. And I've gone to pre-op countless times since I've been back to work and visited patients that have had a very similar surgery as mine. And when I walked in the room, showed them my scar, shared what I did, they're like, oh my gosh, it's gonna be okay. I'm like, yeah. You see, God uses everything. That's me sharing a part of my story that's very recent in my life, and God taking it and planting peace in people's life. And oftentimes, after I share my experience, I share that I was fearful. I share that it's scary to go in for surgery. It's especially scary when they slice your neck open and do stuff to it. I could show you pictures if you want. <laughs> no? I'm one of those people. <laughs> you don't wanna see it. I have pictures of me and my husband and, yeah. (laughs) Might want to pray for me. But already God is taking what I've gone through and using it for his good. He's taking people that are going in right before Christmas, right before the end of the year, usually because they're deductible for the year. But for whatever reason, surgery can be scary. And I'm already saying, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I understand. And it brings a level of peace. What's in your life? that you can share for people because you have a story and your story matters last week Adam spoke of how Christmas can accentuate whatever our circumstances are good or bad that in itself is a profound statement he encouraged us that the Christmas story is not about meeting our wants like many have come to believe but meeting our needs because Jesus knows exactly what we need and what our desires are and he, he wants to meet those needs for us. He also said that his presence is the best present of all. And I loved this part, and I've been praying about this all week, Adam, so thank you for planting this in my mind, but give what you need, healing, peace of mind, forgiveness, whatever, that, whatever it is you feel that you need this Christmas, give that to others so that they can grow and maybe come to know Jesus. The week before, we were reminded about the absolute necessity of a Sabbath, of taking a rest. Are you guys running around like crazy people this time of year? Raise your hand. Come on. A few of you. The rest of you are just not telling the truth, but that's okay. You know, God set an example for us to take a Sabbath, and I think this time of year more than any, we really need to be obedient to that for our own good because it isn't just for our physical rest. It's for our emotional and our spiritual and our mental rest. We need to have a Sabbath with him, and that sets the pace for the rest of the week. It allows us to be able to hear from him. It allows us to be able to fulfill what he's called us to do, whether at our job or our school or our family. I, I don't know about you, but I love Christmas, and I'll be spending Christmas Day, part of it, with my family, and they're big drinkers. And I have a history of addiction, and so does my husband. So. God has been very good to us to allow us to be able to speak life into them because we've been sober now for so many years and they think we're crazy, but they're interested because they're all older than me but one. And they're like, How did you do that? Jesus. Jesus did it. So, for the first time since I first placed my trust in Christ, I have my brothers, whom I love dearly, very worldly people, have never felt like they needed God or a relationship with Him or anything else. Um, listening to Tom and I share our stories. So don't underestimate your story. Rick Warren says this, Joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all of the details of my life. The quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be alright, and the determined choice is to praise God in every situation. So the first night when I was home from the hospital and scared my husband to death by screaming and hitting him, that probably is what scared me more than anything, um, you know what he did? He began to pray for me. That's the first thing he did. He helped me get, we have an adjustable bed. Yes, I'm really 125 years old. And he helped me get the bed up. And then he laid hands on me and he prayed for me. And he prayed the most beautiful, sweetest prayer I could have ever received. And it lasted maybe 30 seconds. But it changed. It changed. It changed. You see, when we, when we have this relationship with Jesus, it affects how we can overcome the things in our life that we all face. Maybe you've never had neck surgery. I hope you never have to have that. But I can guarantee you, you've all faced something or some things in your life or will. What are we going to do with that? I love this quote because it's spoken from a man, Rick Warren, who's seen a lot of suffering and a lot of pain, if you know anything about him. So for him to give a quote like that in 2017 really encourages me and inspires me that no matter what we're going through, at this Christmas season, at this holiday season, we get to bring joy to people just by being who you are and just by sharing your story. It's not about being up here. This is a very short period of time once a week. We're not the people that you're going to be meeting on a day-to-day basis, right? You have the gift. All you got to do is share your story. It's that simple. I think sometimes we get happiness and joy confused. Um, Happiness is really based on the circumstances in our life. Things are going good. We don't really have any stress. You didn't just have neck surgery, stuff like that. Joy is something different, it comes from your inner soul, deep down in from your relationship with Jesus. And there's a a verse in the Old Testament from a prophet named Nehemiah said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. That's what my husband prayed over me. The joy of the Lord is your strength, Jackie. Wow. That's pretty good to be able to bring that verse up in the middle of the night in a panic with a screaming wife. But it worked. Because I went, oh. God didn't get left at the hospital. He came home with me. Those are the things we think of sometimes when we get in situations that we don't want, whether it's relational difficulties, problems at work, family stuff. Maybe you're not looking so much forward to going to Christmas with your family because there's some dynamics that are like, Ugh. Clear back when the Christmas story was unfolding, we read of some others that were terrified. They had fear. But then they heard something from some very unusual beings that changed everything. Let's take a look at Luke 14. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. Can we just stop right there? I would have been terrified. You guys terrified? If a big angel stands there, I'm gonna be scared. I'm just being honest. Maybe you guys are tougher than me. They were terrified. So I'm with the shepherds. But the angel reassured them immediately. So this is the first thing that the angel says to them. Don't be afraid. Even though I would definitely need to be reassured if I were one of those shepherds. I think we think of angels as cute little fluffy things flying around and shooting arrows at us. That's not what they are. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Wow. So the shepherds went from being terrified or bound in their fear momentarily until they heard the good news. Sometimes the people that we rub shoulders with, sometimes we can be bound in our fear and not realize that we're even living that way. And somebody needs to bring the good news. That good news changed history forever, is changing history forever, If you've invited Jesus to be a part of your life, it's changed your life forever. I think today, many people are bound in fear. And I I get this because of where I work and the people that I talk to. And it isn't just because I'm at a hospital. It's because I'm around a wide variety of people that work there as well as patients and family. And there's a lot of fear in the world today. People are afraid for a variety of reasons. Fear of the unknown. Fear for your family and your children. Fear that you may not have enough money to make it. Or maybe you can't provide Christmas for your family. Fear that you will get sick. Fear that you aren't good enough. Maybe you struggle with comparing yourself to others. Fear that you will lose your job. Fear that you're going to get hurt again. Simply fear of the future. That's a very short list. Because fear wraps us in invisible chains in our soul and in our mind. Fear can be this subtle feeling of unsettledness that lies in our subconscious or beneath our thoughts and our feelings. And sometimes we don't even recognize we're acting in fear. Or we're making decisions out of fear. Like, I have to hurry and buy that on my credit card right now because it's on sale. I've done that, but... But that's a fear-driven decision, right? I have to get that right now. I have to charge this right now. I know some friends at at my work that are like, man, I've already spent $2,000 on my credit card for Christmas and I'm not done. I'm like, wow. Is that gonna stress your budget? Oh yeah, we're stressed clear till June till we can try to get it paid off. And I'm like, help me understand and if you get offended, please come talk to me or go talk to Adam. He, he'll make you laugh and we'll be okay. I don't think kids need thousands of dollars spent on them for Christmas. What they need is to know that Jesus loves them and they need to know their family loves them and to be with their family. That's what they need. Some of my greatest memories, uh, Tom and my husband and I were talking about that. Um, as kids... We didn't get that many presents, but we didn't care because it was a day that we got to just spend with family, everybody was together, and we didn't have all these electronics back then, so when we played, we played outside, even if it was 20 below zero and three feet of snow. It's just what you did, right? Does anybody else identify with that? Thank you. That's what you did, and you couldn't wait to get outside, and then you couldn't wait for dinner. I can remember some of the gifts that I got over the years But my best memory of Christmas that I'll ever have until I go to be with Jesus is a year before my father passed away. He had met and married my stepmom nine years earlier, and he had never bought her a wedding ring. So he had surprised her and bought a wedding ring, and he asked me to hide it in the Christmas tree. So I, with my dad, late at night, got to pick where we put it on the tree so that she could be surprised the next day. That's what I remember about Christmas. Now, we didn't have a lot of money. I didn't notice that. What I noticed was the love that those two shared and the delight when she saw that ring. It wouldn't have mattered if it was a $25 ring. She wouldn't have cared. It was the thought. I think fear can have a grip on millions of people and they're all around us. You might even be one. But we just read that what fear can be defeated by is the good news of Jesus, right? The good news overcomes fear, anxiety, like I've experienced, uh, worry, any of those words you want to use that encompasses fear, the good news of Jesus Christ coming overcomes that. And I think that's good news. And people need to know that. People need to know that. The next time you're at the grocery store and you're in a hurry and you've got to make a meal or you've got to go somewhere, maybe on your way to work, just I encourage you to just stop. Hopefully they're playing Christmas music and Jesus music. But either way, ask the Lord to show you somebody in that store that's struggling. And if you can't pray for them, give them a hug. Look at the faces of the people that you're with every day and that you see. This is not the time where a lot of people feel joy. This is the time where people feel a lot of fear. Road rage goes up. Accidents have gone up. We're all in a hurry because we forget that that unspeakable joy that comes from a relationship with Jesus overcomes every fear. Don't be afraid, the angel said. Easier said than done sometimes. But they reassured them. Don't be scared. I'm telling you about this Messiah, this Christ. He's going to overcome everything you're feeling right now and change your world forever. Only through him and in him can we truly have joy. And that joy is not based on your situational experience right now. Are you hearing me? Somebody? Thank you. Because if we want to live in a constant state of happiness, then we're dependent upon our circumstances to do that for us. That means we're dependent on our finances to be good. We're dependent on our health to be good. Our kids got to be good. Our jobs got to be good. we got plenty of money. Then I'm going to have joy. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that supernatural joy that gets placed in your soul that when you wake up in the night screaming. Your husband just has to say one Bible verse and it's gone. Now, I've struggled with anxiety since because I struggle to swallow still. I know that Jesus will help me to overcome this. I'm just being honest with you. We all have our struggles. Whatever yours is, I'm confident that this will not be the case for me forever. Confident. How many people do you know that have said, I can't wait for this to be done. I can't wait for Christmas to be over. Lots, I see them every day. What if you shared the good news about what Jesus did in you that could change somebody's world? Is it worth taking the risk? I think so, I think so. What if the joy of the Lord could be our new Christmas mantra? except that it's all year long. Because Jesus isn't just here in December. I don't know if you guys knew that. (laughs) Now, Christmas carols will end in January, I'm sure, at some people's houses. Definitely in the stores, unless there's a sale. Maybe you're in that place where you're not really experiencing joy. What I'm talking about seems foreign to you. Maybe you laugh and you smile. And the people that love you and are around you all the time don't realize that there's the subtleness of fear that's taken root in your soul that's caused you to slip away from who you really are, maybe even your faith in Christ. It can happen, and that's not a judgment. That is not a judgment. If I would have woke up in that moment in a panic and he would have panicked, what would have happened in that moment? Somebody would be calling 911. So the joy that my husband has in his relationship with Jesus, which by the way, if you want to hear about somebody overcoming things, please take him for coffee. The man's been through incredible difficulties and has a smile on his face most of the time. You see, God did not give us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and sound mind. But in our human experience, sometimes we need to be reminded that we can connect to our Heavenly Father through Christ and we can overcome these things that prevent us from really feeling joy and experiencing who he's called us to be. Because honestly, it's hard to share with people the good news when you're not feeling it. Right? You're like, I'm just tired. I love Jesus. Thank you for the day. Bless my family. Amen. Okay, that might have been one of my prayers. I don't know. Because the world wants to distract us and take us away from why we're really here. We're here because God loves us. And he's called each and every one of us to have this intimate relationship with him and to share that good news. And what a good time of year to do it. I absolutely love serving as a chaplain. And when I had that anxiety, major anxiety attack, and then the lingering effects of it for a while, it kind of shook me because I didn't understand people that struggled with that. So telling them to calm down or everything's gonna be okay is not helpful. Just telling you that right now. That might have been where the swear word came in, I don't know. I'm just being honest. I had never experienced anything so frightening and powerful in my life as that moment. And when Tom prayed for me, it's like I still couldn't lift my head. I still couldn't swallow. But I just remembered that this Jesus that I invited into my life has got this. And he's got me and he's got you. You have a calling on your life. I don't know what that is. But each and every one of us are created and designed with a purpose and gifts and talents and I know a lot of people would not wanna do what I do as a chaplain, and I appreciate that, and there's things that other people do that I, like please don't ask me to sing. It's bad, it's really bad. I like to sing, but nobody else likes to hear it. But how does, yeah, God does, thank you Jeannie. I sing loudly at home. My cats like it too. They're stupid, they don't know any better. What is it that you do that the good news of what Jesus has done can be shared with others? Wherever you work. Maybe it's in your family. Maybe you think everybody in your family is okay, but you haven't actually asked them. Or maybe God did this really cool thing in your life and opened a door for you that there's no way it could have been opened except through him, and you shared that with somebody that was feeling hopeless, and all of a sudden they went, oh, thank you for that. I needed that. I need reminders, do you guys? That's why we need each other. Some things that I've observed over the years is this time of year is not always the most wonderful time of the year, as that song says for many people. I actually really like that song, but... But it's not a reality for millions of people on a daily basis. Or maybe the people in your life are supposed to be happy and joyful this time of year it's kind of an expectation don't you think because people don't really always know what's going on in our lives and what we're struggling with and so they're just like hey it's Christmas yay everything's good you're like really if you only knew has anybody ever thought that the good news is what breaks that the good news brings us back to the source of who we are and who he is And why we're here. The good news clarifies any confusion or distractions we have in our life that take us off the focus of Jesus and others. So whether it's busyness or even if it's good things, if it's too much and you're not taking a Sabbath, it's too much. No is not a bad word. What if somebody that you meet today when you go to get gas or you run by a coffee shop or whatever is really struggling but they put a smile on their face and they serve you your coffee but you took a minute to really discern and maybe the Lord wanted you to love on them for a minute even if you gave them a big tip or a hug if you're buying coffee please tip just saying I don't work for a coffee shop but you see what I'm saying people I'll walk down the hall of the hospital and you'd be amazed at what a smile can do without even knowing someone's name, their experience, why they're there, what's happening, a smile, how are you doing today? Well, it's been a rough day. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'll take that moment to go and talk with them. Either way, a smile can break that. That's what stirs up the joy. So as you give your good news away about what Jesus has done, you're invigorated, you're refreshed, you're reminded of the good news that changed your world. That's what's so cool about this. Have you ever asked yourself, why do we let people that we don't know have so much control over telling us what we need to buy? (laughs) I'm just curious. Which is really funny because our African daughter is going into marketing and we've had this discussion. but, But it's true, isn't it? We're told by other people what we have to have this season. This is the newest, greatest thing. We have to cut our hair a certain way. We have to wear these clothes. We we allow other people to influence us many times to get into debt because it's the newest thing. Who are these people anyway? They're the ones making the money off of us. That's who they are. And don't get me wrong. I love giving gifts. I even love opening a gift. But fear... Is the opposite of what the meaning of Christmas is. It's the joy of the Savior's birth. Matthew ten, twenty-nine says, After this interview, the white interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. Can you even imagine that? Now I did some research years ago and I refreshed myself in preparing for this message. These wise men were not God-fearing men or religious men. Some say they were soothsayers. They dealt with magic, astrology. But God directed them to the Savior. So there's nobody in your life that's too far gone that the good news of Jesus Christ can't turn them around. Nobody. Not even my family. Nobody, if he can speak to wise men and shepherds, oh my goodness, how much more can he use us to speak to others? I think that's exciting. The joy that they first experienced never left them. I just want to ask you today with love, how's your joy today? Is your joy guiding your way, filling your heart, helping you to maintain peace in the midst of all the stress and the time of year? See, Jesus brought joy, and Jesus is joy. So it begins with that one step of saying, I'm inviting you into my life. And for those of us that have done that, it's allowing him to love others through us. My husband and I have decided we're not buying gifts this year. Except for my baby that's in Florida, that's different. For each other, we're not buying gifts for us, we're not buying gifts for Annie, and we're so excited I have pretty boxes under the tree. We come home, He well, he goes to work at graves, but he comes home, we turn on the tree, and we just sit there and smile. It's not about what you get. Jesus brought joy. Your story can do the same for someone else. Your story can change the course of someone's life forever. Don't be ashamed of what you've gone through. Too many times we're afraid to share, and I appreciated Adam's heart last week in sharing some of the things that he struggled with because this surgery's been very hard for me, way harder than I had ever anticipated or expected. But I'm learning. And I feel the presence of Jesus in all of it. I can't even imagine going through all this without him. So when I go into a patient's room pre-op, I ask the Lord to show me, do they want to hear about you today? And then I'll share. Because that's a scary thing to go through. Maybe you've gone through difficulties in your life. Maybe you've gone through other sicknesses or relational complications or addiction, whatever it may be. What have you gone through that Jesus turned it around by the good news of who he is? Has anybody been redeemed by good news? Amen. The joy that I'm talking about is, again through that relationship if we're not really connected to him through prayer um, people praying for us talking to him i talk to him all the time then we kind of have a way of losing our joy a little bit because we get busy doing stuff even good church stuff but we forget about the joy that he gave us don't be afraid to share your story this season please don't be afraid to be transparent with others about what you're going through or have gone through and what Jesus did through it. I've been very open with people at the hospital that I know don't have a relationship with Jesus. Some don't want to. But I've been very open about what's happened in my life. And they're asking questions. And I'm not doing it with a motive. I'm just living my life transparently in front of other people. I think that's what people need. best news is Jesus is our joy and he conquers all fear and deposits fear in its place don't you love that so not only does he conquer it he replaces it with joy make this season a season of giving give the gift of Jesus give the gift of your story empower somebody to find the Savior that we're reading about Romans 15:14 says I pray that God the source of hope will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him.
1: Then you will overflow with confident
0: hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Wow. Your good news can lead to someone else's great joy. Remember that. We never know what tomorrow is going to hold, so make every moment count. Every person has value. Every person has value. And God sees every person. Let's be available to that, whatever that looks like for you. Can we agree that? Is that good? Yeah. Is that a good Christmas story? Okay. I have a video that I want to show you. That's a very inspiring song for me. That's kind of carried me through this recovery. That I just wanted to share. Whenever you guys are ready, that would be great. Thank you so much. Encouraged you today. I want to share a prayer. Since our friends moved to Florida, we do a lot of devotions together through YouVersion. And um, this, was, this was a lot of stuff that Michael wrote, but some things that he wrote, and I asked if I could share it. And he says, Father, your word says that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Thank you for giving me everything I need to move forward when the enemy tries to hold me back. I praise you that fear has to bow to the name of Jesus during this Christmas season and always help me take fearful thoughts captive and immediately bring them to you so that your peace can reign in my life. Isn't that beautiful? You know, one of the ways you can share your story is through our Christmas Eve service that's coming up really quickly. Invite your neighbors, invite your friends, invite your coworkers. It's a beautiful opportunity to invite them to the church. The times are on the screen and... That's sharing the good news of who Jesus is probably in a safe place for them because it's Christmas Eve and lots of people like to come to Christmas Eve services. So don't be afraid to ask. You might be surprised at the answer you get from others. Would it be okay if I prayed for us? Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your reminder that you have overcome fear, anxiety, worry, stress, all of that. And you've replaced it with joy. But Lord, everything that we go through in this journey called life is an opportunity to share the good news of who you are and what you've done. And I praise you for the story I heard just last night from a couple that was working out and felt prompted by you to talk to their trainer and see if they were ready to receive Christ, and they said yes. So Jesus, we give you all the credit and glory for that. But I thank you for these two people that were willing to hear your voice in the midst of working out. Sometimes we just think of you as at church or when we're praying for people or or something like that, but you're everywhere. And you see the hearts and lives of people that are around us. We can't see that, but you do. So many times you've prepared their hearts for us to just be real, just be genuine and authentic and share what you've done in our lives. Jesus, thank you for coming in such a humble way and providing us an opportunity to have a relationship with the Father. Your joy is our strength, Jesus. You give us everything that we need. Help us to keep our eyes focused on you this season and always. And I ask, Lord, that you strategically put people in our lives that we see and that we'll be willing to take a risk to share the good news of what you've done. Thank you, Lord, for caring for your people and for caring for all people. You desire for not one person to be lost and what a beautiful time of year to be able to share the story of what Jesus has done in your life. We're so grateful, Lord. Bless everybody today. If they're struggling with anything, Lord, I pray that you help them. I pray that you set them free from what they're dealing with. Even if it's to go talk to somebody and ask for prayer that we not be a culture and a community where we're afraid to share what's really going on. Because it's in and through the struggles and the pain that your victory reigns high so people can see. That's what people see, is what you've done and what you're doing in the midst of it. And that brings me joy. So Lord, I thank you for this Christmas season and for everybody that's here and listening online. I pray for safety for everyone. I pray this be a season of hope and joy-filled relationships with people as we all put ourselves out there beyond maybe even what we're comfortable with. It's in Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen. We have some prayer teams if you'd like to come up. And if anybody would like prayer, you're welcome. Come on up, prayer teams. You guys are... For anything...